Hey everybody, I'm back with another Fight Quest story, this time boxing in Mexico City. I got a new hip yesterday. I had surgery and got a new hip. Thanks a lot for all the well wishes and everything. Uh, it was fantastic. Really short surgery, very quick. I feel great today. I'm not on the pain pills or anything. I can walk around really well. I have a walker over here for when I need it, but I haven't needed it yet. Um, I'm actually walking better now than I did two days ago with the hip problem I had. So one day post-surgery, I'm fantastic. So uh, I highly recommend it to anybody putting off hip surgery. It's great. It's easy. It's over before you know it. And I feel much better. So thanks a lot for all the well wishes and everything. So Mexico City, when people ask me, what was your, it's a question I get a lot. What was your favorite episode in Fight Quest? Mexico City boxing was my favorite to actually do for a lot of reasons that I'll get into. But number one, I was familiar with the style. Of course, I, I, Used to own a boxing gym slash MMA gym. Did a lot of boxing. The Broadway gym in LA. Uh, had boxing coaches. My striking style was way more boxing oriented than kicking oriented. So I had a familiarity with the style, which, which obviously helped. Secondly, I'm from LA. So Mexican culture is all around. I understand Spanish. Um, so it wasn't a huge culture shock or anything like that. Well, what's really funny is... With every show for Fight Quest, they try to play up kind of the otherness and the exotic nature of where we were and what was going on and what we were seeing and who we were around. And that was there to some degree because Mexico City, even if you know Mexican culture, been around it and all that stuff, Mexico City is an experience all into itself. It is one of the largest metropolitan areas in the world. It's gigantic, spread out all over the place. I don't know what neighborhood we were in. I have no idea. But going into Mexico City itself is just a different world, man. Totally different world. Different experience than I ever had uh, going to Mexico. I've been going to Mexico my whole life. But I've never been to Mexico City. And it was it was absolutely awesome. Love the people. Obviously love the food. That was great. But we go to the gym the first time. Nacho Berestain's gym. And first thing that strikes you, it is tiny. It's two little rooms to, to actually train in. Showers and an office. And that's it. That's it. It is one of the smallest gyms I ever worked out in. And they produce like 20 world champions. Uh, for those who don't know, Nacho Berestain, my coach on Fight Quest, trained the Marquez brothers. Juan Manuel Marquez was one of the greatest of all time. His weight class knocked out Manny Pacquiao. Um, he was there training for a fight with a guy named Rocky Juarez while I was there. So I got to see him train. I got to see him spar. Never got to work with him myself. But Nacho Berestain is, you know, trained Oscar De La Hoya for a while. He's, he's an all-time great trainer. He's one of the top in the world. And so the size of the gym kind of strikes you because... You know, the wildcard gym is, is a little bit bigger. Um, the Broadway gym where I used to box was bigger. Everywhere I boxed in my life, I think, was bigger than the one I trained in Mexico City where they train all these world champions and Marquez is world famous and, and Berestain's world famous. They had a tiny little gym. It was just a couple of bags strung up. It was all concrete and metal and had that boxing smell that you know the gym's legit. It had that. But beyond that, when you get in there, on, in the show itself, they show these guys kind of mad dogging me and staring at me. And there was like this, they tried to play up like, you know, the outsider role. I was like the only white guy there. Um, all the guys were from, were from Southern California or had spent a lot of time in Southern California. So that was the funny part is on camera, they kind of got these guys kind of mean mugging me or whatever. When I would actually speak to them, hey, what's up? Hey, you know, uh, I'm Antonio. Hey, I'm Jimmy. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Bellflower. Oh, I'm from Long Beach. I, like they were all either from Southern California or had spent a lot of time in Southern California. Because Berestain's such a noted trainer that a lot of the Olympians in the States would send him down there to, to train or, or the big clubs, uh, 
in the United States and California would send guys down to Mexico and back and forth. So they were all familiar with where I grew up and where I was from and they all spoke English and they were all cool. And, you know, I understand Mexican culture. They understood, you know, the Southern California culture. So there, there was, it was easy to get along with everybody. And so I get there and I got introduced to this guy, Vicente Escobedo, who was an Olympian in 2004. And he was kind of our, my main guy in a, a few of the shows, obviously, uh, I didn't interact directly that much with the coach and I kind of had a go-to guy who would kind of be the on-camera coach. Well, that was Vicente because Vicente spoke fluent English. He was from California. So good looking guy, Olympian. He spoke fluent English. He was great on camera. So they were like, all right, you and Vicente are going to be, that's kind of going to be your guy. I didn't interact that much with Nacho. A, Nacho was super busy. He had so many uh, champs he was getting ready to fight. Um, and like I said, Juan Manuel Marquez was getting ready to fight Rocky Juarez, so that was kind of his main thing. Uh, he would jump in and help every now and then and, and, and school me and teach me some stuff, but really Vicente was my, my main guy. And Nacho himself, and I learned this later, there were certain episodes, the Philippines, for example, when Doug was going through the mud and the river and you know wrestling snakes and all that stuff, uh, when I was in Indonesia and we were on top of a volcano doing weapon stuff, that stuff didn't help me get ready for the fight. It didn't. It just looked good visually. So in a lot of the shows, we would do things that weren't functionally any good, but looked good on camera. You know, hey, just run up the side of this mountain so we get a shot of this cool mountain and you running up and down it, even when it didn't necessarily help me get ready for the fight. Apparently, I found out, find this out later, Nacho Berestein had told the lead producer, I'm not doing any goofy shit period. I'm only doing things that help Jimmy get ready for a fight in five days. That's it. I'm rich. I'm famous. I don't need this show. I don't need you guys. So he's only doing what I tell him. He's not doing anything else. I don't care what you guys want. I care what I want as a coach for Jimmy. He told them that right off the bat. If you don't like it, go find somebody else. And they didn't. Uh, they went with Nacho. But Nacho made it very clear. We're not doing any of this goofy stuff that you know, looks good on TV, but doesn't help Jimmy. I'm not going to beat him up. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. So it was the only, or one of the few shows where it felt like I was just training and cameras happened to be there more than we're making a TV show. I was training at Nacho Berestein School and cameras happened to be there catching the whole thing with obviously incredibly legit guys, legit trainers. And the cameras were there, but the producer didn't go, okay, now we're going to do this thing. Nacho and and, uh, Vicente did everything. They said what I was going to do and when I was going to do it, when I was going to stop. And he didn't care if the producer liked it or not. That was Nacho's attitude. So I'm sitting on an ice pack for my hip. That's why I keep doing that. Um, anyway, so got out there, started training. And boxing, for people who haven't studied it, haven't been in a lot of gyms, boxing is very, very cultural. The way you teach boxing is very, very cultural. Um, that's, what, you know, the Philly style, uh, the Latin American style, the, the, the style in L.A. It's very, if not, if not cultural, certainly regional. And I trained in the middle of the hood, a place called the Broadway Gym, and everybody I trained with was black. And the style we taught there, my, both of my boxing coaches were black, and the, the style they taught there was like Bernard Hopkins, uh, maybe James Tony, a, a, a slick counter-punching style. The emphasis was footwork, slipping punches, and throwing combinations back. So... Uh, volume of punches was, was, was an emphasis, but a lot of footwork, a lot of angling, a lot of movement, and a lot of head movement, a lot of this. And in Mexico, they did almost none of that. 
it was now in the 80s there was when i was growing up the the prototypical mexican boxer was julio cesar chavez take three to give one warrior walk through punches don't give a shit make it about chin and heart and hit you with a big one and knock you out by the time the 90s came around the emphasis had shifted to more the boxer puncher guys like juan manuel marquez guys like uh uh barrera um eric morales guys who could box and hit so but the way they did it and the way i was taught in mexico city how to do it it's like a cat their hands are a young de la jolla the hands are up here and you're catching punches and going over the top of them you don't move your head a whole lot there wasn't a lot of head and shoulder moving not a lot of footwork when someone throws punches at you you deal with it with your hands bop and boom and Marquez does that very, very well. You throw a punch at him, and he pats it down and gets over it or under it or however he wants to go. But he, they generally, it's like a cat. They deal with the punches with their hands. That's how De La Hoya fought when he was younger. That's how Marquez fought. Um, that's how a lot of Mexican fighters, the boxer punchers of the last 10, 20 years, that's how they, they punch and fight. So that's the style they used. We hardly ever even jump rope. They did almost no footwork drills. Footwork was not a big deal. It was be aware of your opponent's punches, parry them, and hit back. Bam, bam. You're always in the pocket, ready to give back a big punch. You don't want to slip, so you're a little out of range or anything like that. You always want to be in the pocket, dealing with punches with your hands. So it was a a different boxing style than I was used to. And I had to learn that. So, love the boxing training. It was a lot of fun. My first day there, you know, I met everybody. I trained a little bit, did a little punching. And I realized, man, I'm tired. I'm really tired. I was in pretty good shape. I was, man, I'm tired. Mexico City's at elevation. Uh, and I asked somebody, I go, hey, how high up are we? And they go, oh, 2,500. And I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. And I'm like, meters. They think in meters. That's uh, 7,500 feet. So basically Big Bear is where uh, Mexico City is. So I was really tired. Where I felt like I wasn't doing that much. I would get tired and I realized the elevation. Everybody remembers the, the uh, Cain Velasquez debacle. You know, when you get up in elevation, man, it's different. Guys who have cardio suddenly don't. And so I had to adjust that. I only had five days. So the first day I get there, we do a little boxing stuff. I meet everybody. I go through a couple workouts, whatever. And Nacho said, go home. You're finished. Go home and rest. He, that's another thing he would do. He, think rest, he thought resting and time off was just as important as fighting. And he knew I had five days. So he wasn't going to wear my body out. So he said, all right, you're done. Go home. So I ended up spending my time in Mexico City in an apartment with four or five other fighters. Vicente was one of them. And we had these bunk beds, and that's where we slept. I, I stayed with the fighters. I lived with them 24 hours a day. When we were done shooting, I still I went there and ate and did everything and played video games and hung out. And so I was living with the guys, too, which was fun. That was a real experience. So my first day, we, we do our workout. They tell me where the bed is. I go to bed. 5 o'clock in the morning, somebody's shaking me awake. I look up. It's Vicente, and he goes, road work, man. Let's go. Up. All right. Got it. No cameras, no nothing. We are not filming a TV show. Vicente said, hey, road work, come on. I said, all right, cool. Got up, got my shorts on. We went to a racetrack. It was like a, uh, uh, a Formula One track or something in Mexico City that I guess when they're not doing Formula One, they let people run on it. And because I have no idea where we were. Uh, and we ran around that track at five in the morning for about an hour at least, you know, and, and we just ran and jogged, did our road work and all that stuff. Went back to the house, ate breakfast, went back to sleep, woke up, went to the gym. That's how they do everything. And so that was another cool part is there were, there were times when I had, when I wasn't on camera, didn't matter. You're one of us. You're doing what we do, you know, get up road work. I wasn't going to say, Oh, there's no, okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm a TV person. No, get up, do your road work like they said. So whatever they told me to do, I did. 
And so I got up and did my road work at five in the morning. Uh, so that was cool. That was just part of what they were doing. And loved the training there. Thought it was fantastic. Really sharpened up my boxing. And everybody there was just 100% legit, man. Everybody. I mean, I was boxing with guys who were on the Olympic team in Mexico, on the Olympic team in the United States, uh, pros coming up. Everybody was 100% legit. So the sparring was was tough, really tough. And like I said, I didn't get to, to train with Marquez a lot, but I got to see him spar, and he was 140 pounds and backing up dudes my size. Just – and what was so interesting to me is guys also had a lot of trouble hitting him. Marquez – as a bot, he was hard to hit. He was good at parrying those punches. It was it was hard to land a good punch on him. And when you did throw a big one, he was good at getting around it and hitting you and just ripping you. So he he did a great job, not only of beating guys up, but shutting guys down uh, with his own boxing. So I boxed every single day. And I think it kind of drove the producer a little bit nuts because Marquez was, you know, we boxed for three hours, you know, ish. And then Marquez would go, you're done. Don't do anything else today. Like that's... No more working out for you. Uh, if you've seen other shows that we did for Fight Club, seen any of the of, of the um, of these episodes, part of the problem was we got overworked. You know, they, they we got hazed a lot. They overtrained us, and then we had to fight in five days. They they did stuff you wouldn't do if you had a fight in five days. You don't make somebody run ten miles when they have a fight in five days. You don't do that. Um, that happened a lot in other episodes. Nacho wouldn't allow any of it. Road work in the morning. You train with me. You're done. And I know the producers wanted more footage or more, hey, we want to see Jimmy do this, this, and that. And Nacho went, nope. He has a fight in five days. Too bad. Too bad. So uh, it was it was different than a lot of other shows. So also we went to a – the neighborhood we were in, I don't remember what it was. It wasn't a great neighborhood. Um, but I just stayed in the apartment with the guys. It's funny. One of the guys is like, oh, man, we want this. They wanted something from the supermarket. And I was like, dude, tell the producers you want a food budget. I'm staying here. I'm eating your food. And they go, oh, shit, really? And I go, yeah, just tell the producers you want a food budget. And that's part of their budget for the shoot. Oh, okay. And so the guy came back from the grocery store. Yeah, the producers bought me all this food. I was like, yeah, that's what they do. So we got to hit the street a little bit in Mexico City, not only with our road work, but when we were done, we would stop and eat at these taco stands. The producers were all worried that somebody would get sick. So they didn't want me eating the street food. And I was like, ah, no way. I'm eating this street food. It's so good, man. And I'm from L.A., so I can't pass up a good street taco. And so we stopped and had tacos and, and, and you know on the street, and it was amazing. I didn't get sick. There were no problems at all. Um, I celebrated my 30th birthday in Mexico City. I was in Mexico City when I turned 30. And so they took me out, and we had the churros on the street, and, and went to this Mexican restaurant and had my birthday, and they smashed my face into the cake, of course. You have to do that. Uh, so it was a lot of fun with these guys. I really made good friends staying with them and training and, and working out with them. And it, it was great. There was a lot of camaraderie. I didn't feel set up. I didn't feel uh, like I didn't trust somebody. Everything was, was above board. Vicente's a great guy. The guys I trained with were great guys and it was fantastic. And so I felt my boxing sharpening up, working with Vicente and those guys. And so they're getting me ready for the final fight. And Nacho's in the office with a bunch of guys, and they're trying to figure out who I'm going to fight her, or I don't know if it all been put together. I don't know the deal. And remember, I understand Spanish, so a guy, the guy walks up to uh, Nacho and says, hey, he's going to fight Esaul something. I forget his last name. And Nacho sticks back, and he goes, Esaul's tough. And it wasn't like he wasn't doing it for the camera. He was like, Esaul's tough. Esaul's tough. 
And he started listing off the titles this, this, this guy had won in Mexico. And he was way heavier than me. He was like a cruiserweight, um, at least, like a small heavyweight. So a lot bigger than me. And Nacho immediately, I mean, he didn't mince any words. Nacho was like, that's a little tough. That's a tough fight for this guy. I don't know. And they ended up making that. Okay, that's the guy we went with. But, you know, Nacho wasn't going to, you know, <laughs> you know, blow smoke up my ass. He was like, no. That's, and then, you know, cause of course I understood the conversation they were having. And then he turned to me and, and turned to the translator and goes, you know, tell him. And I'm like, I already knew. But he goes, yeah, he goes, that's always a tough guy. He's a champ here in Mexico. You know, has some regional titles. He's, he's, he's good. And I said, all right, let's do it. No problem. You know, I don't, I don't choose. You know, I think that's an important thing, too. Um, like when I do jujitsu, uh, I always, when it's time to fight, I sit on the mat. I never call out anybody. I sit on the mat and I go, come on. I don't like choosing who I'm going to fight. And I'm a black belt, so I can always choose and they can't say no if they're below me technically. So I don't like that. I don't like, hey, you, you know, because I know a lot of people just pick the easiest guy and I, I hate that. So I sit on the mat and whoever wants it can come get it. I don't like choosing. I like, I look up, that's the person I'm fighting, let's go. And uh, it's the same thing with everything on Fight Quest. I never chose an opponent. I never went, oh, I don't want that guy or whatever. I, you know, whoever you, you put in front of me, that's who I fight. And so Vicente pulled me aside and he goes, yeah, he goes, Esau's good. He's good. But he's, he's bigger and he's a little slower. And he goes, you know, your hand speed's pretty good. So, we, you know, we kind of worked on some stuff for the fight. So Doug's up in the mountains, even higher than Mexico City. He was up in the clouds, man. Unbelievable. At some camp they have up there. So anyway, um, Doug came back down. And it's one of the few times. Doug's a happy-go-lucky guy. He's a lot of fun. Um, his foot had healed up from Indonesia, so... That's one of the reasons I remember the order of this fight because I, his foot healed just before he got to Mexico City. So it was Indonesia and then Mexico City. So he comes down, and I didn't know any of this stuff, what I'm about to say. So they, we, we, they just come down from way up in the mountains. It's a long drive, about four hours. They show up at the gym, and the producer goes, hey, spar with Doug, and you guys can show each other what you learned. And it was the only time, I think, in the whole show, Doug and I sparred each other. It just never happened. <laughs> he gets in the ring, and he threw a punch, and I slipped the punch, and I, not hard, but I whacked him with a good one, like a nice stiff jab, boom, and it snaps his head back, and he goes, man, fuck this, took his gloves off and jumped out of the ring. Apparently, they hadn't fed him, <laughs> and so it was a four-hour drive, and they didn't feed him. If you know Doug, Doug cannot function without eating at all, and so he was pissed, he was hangry, and he's like, I don't want to fucking spar Jimmy, I haven't fucking eaten, he got all mad and left... Jumped out of the ring, so I thought that was funny. So that was the only time I think Doug and I sparred each other in the whole show, and it lasted about 10 seconds because they hadn't fed Doug. So the final fight shows up, and Doug, oh, I'm sorry, I got the hiccups. Doug was nothing but complimentary about the people who trained him, too. He had a great time, learned a lot of stuff, fun, fun guys. The only problem was he was so high up in the mountains. It was, yeah, it was really hard. So for the final fight, they set up this... It was like at an arena, an indoor arena on, there was this market, like this street market in Mexico City somewhere. And off this market was this indoor arena, indoor arena. And what they did, I don't know how much they showed this in the show. It was a fight card. Oh, before that, I got to say, uh, a couple days before the, the final fight, we went to a local fight in Mexico City with the guys. With all my roommates and everything, we went to this this local fight, and man, number one, the crowd was crazy frenzied, and it was at some indoor arena in Mexico City, a bunch of just bangers. Crowd was crazy, 
And these guys just tried to kill each other every single fight. Every single fight was just a war. An absolute war. And so I saw these guys going to town. and It was nuts, man. It really was. And it, it reminded me a little bit of local MMA when they were like, dude, i got to make my name, man. Someone's got to notice me. I really have to go crazy here. That's how everybody fought. So it was a bunch of Mexican fighters in Mexico City who were trying to make their name, and it was just brawls every single time. And I turned to Vicente. I go, man, is it always like this? He goes, every time. Every time. So we're walking back, and it must be like 1 in the morning. It was very, very late. And Vicente turns to me and he goes, this neighborhood's really dangerous. He goes, but we're cool. We should be all right. We're a bunch of boxers. I don't see anybody trying to jump us. But just keep your eyes keep your eyes open. Tough neighborhood. But anyway, so we went to a fight out there, and it, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed watching it. So the final fight rolls around, and they do it at this indoor arena off a of market. And they made like a fight card. There were about five fights on there, and a few of them were, were, were with my roommates. They were kind of the opening fights for us. And then the, the main events were me and, and Doug. So what they had done, I walk in there, there's nobody. So we, we did the kind of the blocking, like the, the there's a ring in the middle. And so they were setting up cameras and, and like, here's how we're going to shoot it. Da, 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 da. And all right. So they had me and Doug kind of stay, staying in or whatever. So they knew where they were going to put the um, cameras and all that stuff. And then I go into the back to kind of get my mind ready. And I was nervous, man. I was re- really nervous. It was the most nervous I was on Fight Quest for a single fight. Partly because group fights like in Tokyo and Israel and stuff like that, you know, you're trying to survive. You're not supposed to beat five guys in a row. It's just not, not going to happen. You might beat one if you're lucky. So this was one-on-one, ready to go. They had really talked about how good this guy was. I was in front of a Mexican audience, and I really wanted to do well. And I was nervous. I was. I was really nervous. And um, they brought up my shorts, man. That's, it said El Martillo, the hammer. I still have them. And they said, man, you hit hard. We think this is a good name for you, man. And they brought out these shorts, and I put them on. And, and uh, I snuck my head out, and the place is packed. And people are waving Mexican flags. What they had done, apparently... Remember, when I went in the back, there's nobody there. What they had done is they'd opened the door to this market and said, who wants to see free boxing? Well, it's a market in Mexico City. Everybody filled in. They gave them flags or whatever. And they were, they were, they were waving the Mexican flags. They were going nuts. And remember the first... However many fights were before us, three or four, it was Mexican on Mexican. So, hey, brawls, man, wars, really great boxing. And then they brought, I think I fought first. They brought me out, if I remember correctly. And, you know, I got some booze. I got some booze, man, you know, and uh, which is fine with me. It was actually cool. And so I got there, and, and I saw Saul, and that dude's big, man. And we went to... T- we went to town, man. We really fought hard. And I think it was in the second round. I hit him with a good overhand, and it cut him up. It cut him right here, and they were looking at the cut pretty seriously. And Nacho was, 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 Nacho was there, and he was giving Vicente instructions. Vicente was giving me instructions. And they said, man, you're doing good, man. Keep it about the hand speed and all that stuff. You know, don't let him out, outwork you because that's what he's going to try and do. And I also felt in the second round when I got the cut on him, it got his respect a little bit. He was a little taken aback by that. And so... But the problem was it was hard to keep my 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 uh, my output high because of the elevation. Just, I just wasn't used to it yet. So normally I would have thrown a lot more punches. It was difficult, um, and I felt like I had to hit hard to keep this dude off me. I, I couldn't just pitter pat and move. I had to really sting him a couple times to just keep a bigger guy off me. And he was good. He had good boxing, but I, I 
the first round was really everything to me because the stuff they had taught me was working. I was doing all right. I was boxing well. I was taking punches. I was giving them back. I was, you know, staying inside. And I thought I was boxing well. And so when I went back out of the first, first round, I was like, okay. It always helps the nerves, you know, getting past the first round. But also when it's working, when, you, when you're landing well and, and this guy's bigger, bigger than me, but I didn't, felt, I didn't feel he was out punching me, it really made me feel better. I was like, okay, man, this is good. And so the second round, I think it was the second round I cut him. The third round, man, I, I, we went toe-to-toe back and forth the whole time and uh i had a great fight i i really really enjoyed it i thought it was amazing and so we finished they gave him the win um nacho i went to the side and, and nacho was sent to win you won that fight like you you won that fight man you won that was bullshit i'm like thanks man you know i don't know but uh oh man it was just such a it was such a relief that that it finished and i did well and i fought well and i fought hard it was just such a relief and then doug went out there and fought his guy and i think doug won um yeah doug won his fight and uh it was awesome man we we had just a, a great time we really felt welcomed by our coaches in mexico they were great my teammates were great that's why it was part of my, my favorite episode we just did what we needed to do for the fight i was around great people who seemed to really care about my performance and how i was doing and everything we did was legit i mean the fight was legit the training was legit my team Teammates were legit. Sparring was legit. Getting adjusted to altitude was a motherfucker. Everything. But I, I really had a fantastic time. And so really improved my boxing, and, and I appreciated it. So Mexico, Mexico City will, will remain forever as probably my favorite episode in Fight Quest to do. I really had a great time. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed. And the hip will not keep me out, so I'll be doing more of these very, very soon. Uh... I'm also doing the post-fight show on SiriusXM for tonight's UFC, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker. So check that out if you can. Later.